0: discovering coffee and being a woman of color Mm -hmm. going to a lot of coffee shops and not seeing people of color, right? And not realizing how much I didn't realizing how much I didn't know about coffee, I wanted to document my experience.
1: What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast on this show. I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. Photographers are blessed with the ability to observe our surroundings in a profound way. Now, I might be biased, but I think we have a heightened sense of our environment. We are able to notice how people engage with each other, where sounds are coming from, what patterns and rituals are being repeated, and ultimately, we are able to pick up on the nuances of a culture. When it comes to coffee, the culture is both wide and deep, and varies from country to country our guest in this episode discovered a love for coffee and an appreciation for its history she realized that in order to properly share her life and travel experiences she needed to show proof she needed people to see smell and taste the coffee culture within a photo she is a writer photographer and cultural strategist she has collaborated with bloomberg businessweek the Guardian, and Cool Hunting. She's traveled the world both professionally and personally, documenting specialty coffees, and is the creator and sole author of The coffee photographer Shamel Edwards, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, sis? I'm feeling good, bro.
0: Feeling really good. How are
1: you feeling? I'm good. I feel really good as well. Um, the weather's starting to change. I'm in New York right now. So when the weather starts to change for us, man, like we don't know how to act. Uh, where you calling from?
0: I am calling from the sunny west coast of Los Angeles right now.
1: Oh, so you got that weather that, <laughs> all, like, all day, what we, what we yearn for over here.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this winter we have had some hail and some winds, and, you know, what we would call chilly, mm-hmm. like, 40s. Oh. But um, it's pretty much sun and palm trees over here.
1: beautiful, beautiful. So um where are you you you're calling from LA, but where are you from originally?
0: I'm from Los Angeles. You're
1: from Los Angeles. Okay, mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. Um so you know, you are you go on Instagram or on social media as the coffee Tographer.
0: Yes, sir.
1: Now the name alone is it says it says it's sort of like <laughs> captures everything, right? Coffee and then photographer. Co- you know, you you. Fo- I, I, when I hear the name, I think it's somebody who photographs coffee, right? Right. Um,
0: but mm-hmm.
1: looking deeper into your work, you know, it seems like it goes it goes deeper in than just like photographs of coffee or people drinking coffee. It looks like it's a, a a culture that you're documenting, right?
0: Absolutely, you're right. Do That's, You want me to
1: expound on that? Um. Well, you know, you definitely want to get into that. Um, I definitely want to see, you know, dig into how you, you know, merge these two interests, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, you know, I just would, I would love to hear, like, what was life like for you at home growing up? Like, how did your family view the arts?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I grew up with an older brother Uh, I have two younger sisters and a younger brother and I come from a traditional family union, you know, mom and dad. And so my dad was the day worker, dreamer, um, small business person. Mm. And he was also creative. You know, he sung a lot of music. He always made sure that we had instruments in the house. So we grew up with the piano, um, a lot of records and eight tracks and stuff like that. And my dad was, he was a big, I say I'm because I lost my dad for the pandemic. Oh, So sorry he, to hear that. thank you. Thank you. Um, so he was a big believer in I like, think I would say what we will say now experiences, mm. you know? So we had a lot of rituals, I think growing up that we always did like going to the Dodger games You know, going to Disneyland every Memorial Day weekend, Mm. going to go playing go karts, playing miniature golf, um, going to the park and having picnics, and so I think that my dad—I know that my dad was a really big influence on my life as a creative person and just a free thinker—and I think I was just raised to always feel free, whether it was inside the house or outside the house. I didn't. Looking back, I didn't think that we were rich or poor or middle class. It was just, we were a family living in the neighborhood, you know, and my mom was a stay at home mom. So she was always around, always there, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, walked us to elementary school in the morning, um, made our, our lunches every day, made sure we did our homework, made sure we had snacks cooked our food taught us how to cook food so it was like a really nice combo of like two people who decided to have a family who loved each other and wanted to raise kids mm-hmm. my mom had said before like you know when they started having children like oh she decided to make that her focus basically like mm-hmm. she had her own dreams too but it was like she also wanted to be a mom and so i think she did a great job
1: wow i mean it sounds like you had a really good combination of like your father, who was. It sounds like he might have been a free spirit, and
0: oh, totally,
1: yeah, and he he thrived on on experiences. Experiences brought life to him, right? And he wanted mm-hmm. to make sure he instilled that in his in his family with with his children. And your mom was the rock, was solid, made sure like. Yeah, it's cool for y'all to be have your head in the clouds, but there's work that needs to be done on the ground.
0: <laughs> well, you got that really fast, didn't
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> right? Does that sound about right? Does it sound like your family?
0: It sounds about right. That's yeah. great.
1: That's great. And, you know, what's really cool about that is that, you know, um, I, I'm, I always ask guests what their, you know, life was like growing up because I want... Other people, I want the audience out there who may have a similar situation as you to, to understand, like, some of the steps you took to get to where you are, some of those things they may be able to apply to their experiences, you know? Like, this is all about, you know, unwrapping each person's personal journey to becoming a photographer, doing photography oh, wow. the way that they want to do it. Right,
2: right, and I think mm-hmm. it's
1: important that we hear as many stories as possible so we can start cherry picking other people's strategies and experiences and see how they relate to the individual, so we can you know craft our own life and career. I
2: like
0: that I
1: like that, yeah, so that's what the whole basis of this this podcast is for, so um, I see that you studied creative writing at u c l a mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was your ultimate goal with that degree?
0: So, when I went to UCLA, I wanted to study film. Mm. And I wanted to become a filmmaker. Like, I wanted to write screenplays. And so, my goal was to get into the film program at UCLA. Okay. And so, undergrad work, I started, you know, with all the English courses or whatever, and then I had a mentor, Masai. Masai mentors, and he was just asking me to like explore literature, like writing, you know. And I've always written, but I didn't think about going to college to study writing. Like it was like on my heart as growing up that this is what I do, but I didn't necessarily think about studying it as like a professional, mm-hmm. you know. And UCLA's film program was such that I would have to like do an undergrad and then go to graduate school. And I wasn't sure about that. And there was a minor that I could get in creative writing where I can kind of like construct, like having an English degree, but having a concentration in something creative. So I could choose between um, nonfiction short fiction and essay like there were like three options mm-hmm. for the minor and my mentor said well why don't you just add on a year of film classes so that you could have a minor in film and I'm like can I do that and he was like of course you can do that and so I started out with animation because I used to draw a lot mm-hmm. and then I realized I didn't want to be an animator
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then I wasn't as drawn to holding at that time, a film camera, like, you know, to shoot film, even though I love the art of it, I said, oh, I'm more of a writer. And so I leaned into creative writing. And at that time, you had to, like, apply to each quarter to get into the creative writing concentration. And so there were, like, I think 12 spots per quarter. And I was like, i got to be one of those 12 or 15, whatever right. it was. And I was like, and there was just so many people applying. There was like, I think over 300 applicants, and you have to get into two within the year to be able to get into the third one oh, wow. to create the concentration. And so I got into short fiction, I got into poetry, and then I got to choose the last one, which was short fiction. And that's how my writing came about, my nice. my creative writing concentration came about.
1: That's dope. I like the yeah. fact that they gave you so many options to choose, you know, to chart your course. I love options. Oh I hear you. <laughs> I do not do well without options. Um I've I've got fired from any job where I didn't have options or creativity. Creativity gives me options. And mm-hmm. I, I had to I had to get fired from all of those non-creative jobs in the past in order to realize that oh, the reason why I'm getting fired from these jobs is because I don't like that shit. I don't like what I was doing you know, and mm-hmm. so I understand that 100%. Um, so that sounds that sounds really interesting. Now, at one point I was considering um, creative writing and, and you know, I, I wrote some poetry and I wrote some music in the past. Um, so that writing is always like something that I would love to do at a higher level, but I chose a different path of creativity. So it's, it's always good to see, you know, somebody who chose the path of writing.
0: Yeah, that's me.
1: <laughs> and you see it, it when you read your there are some people who post images with text that do a really good job of marrying their thoughts and their experiences in words mm-hmm. with the images that they're posting
2: mm.
1: and sometimes sometimes I think when it flows and is is really genuine I feel like I can do that but
2: mm-hmm. a lot of
1: times I'm like I don't really have much to say about this photo. I don't want it to sound like I'm forcing some sort of like, you know, um, some sort of, you know, written text to go with it. So I just
0: yeah. put up
1: hashtags instead, you know, and then it's like, damn, maybe I'm questioning, like, did I have something to say? Like, why did I choose to take this photo? And then there's other people such as yourself who can write something that's really poignant and that just matches with the photo very well. And I'm just like, ah that's that's
0: mm, that's inspiration you. you know true you know I didn't really think about it so much until I became a photographer and I'm sure we'll get into it but coming from the writer's side and then moving into a more visual storytelling form which is what photography is to me is telling stories just visually my other friends that I met who be, who were also photographers they were strictly photographers. They weren't writers, and so with the advent of like social media and everything, mm-hmm. when they will post something, I'm like, "Well, what, what is that about?" What's you know? The, and they're like, the context, "Oh, it's just right." Right? Oh, it's just the image, and I'm like, "No, but like, what's the story? Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, why are you sharing this? Who is it?" And it's like, or just seeing some of my friends being challenged with captions. I'm like, "Really?" And so that's how I started to understand, like, "Oh, I really do think." Like a writer, mm-hmm. because that's how I live, right? Like I'm always seeing stories. I'm always seeing images. And so it's second like a nature for me to like use that muscle. And so I never, I don't like believe in like writer's block me like that, but I don't, if it's not there, it's not coming, it's not time. Mm-hmm. But I also know like I show up and do the work and the words will come. Like I just trust it. Whereas with photography, I, I've had to, learn the things that photographers do Mm. instinctually. Um, And so, yeah, it's been an interesting process.
1: (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you are a writer who knows how to use a camera.
0: Yes, I'm Mm self-taught. So I was... There came a point as a creative after I finished college where... um, I had moved to New York, but words were failing me in the sense of like, I wanted to capture people Mm -hmm. and take photos. And this was before I knew the difference between a photo, taking a photo and taking an image. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always was like creative and, you know, documenting things. I think I'm a documentarian. So I was always like writing or journaling or snapping a photo on a Polaroid or whatever, But I didn't consider myself like a photographer, like someone would pay me something. Mm -hmm. And when it got to the point where I was documenting stories but didn't have images, I was like, oh, I need to take these photos. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do because I'm the one meeting these people and I want people to believe me, right? Like if I don't have proof, visual proof, how will they believe me? So it was different from like being a journalist, which I had worked as, and it was different from being a writer for a company or for a client, this was more like a visual storytelling thing. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to become a photographer.
1: That's great. So, (laughs) uh, you know, photography is, is that weird, you know, in between stage of creativity, you know, Um, and always say, and, and, for folks who have heard me say this in the past, I might start sounding like a broken record, but it's really dope when you have a separate interest, right? A separate hobby, something that interests you, and then you have photography and you marry those two things together. Mm. Is Now, what happens is your interest is your own, right? Nobody can take mm-hmm. that interest away from you. And then you your when you pick up a camera and match it with that interest, then you start to create work that is unique to you. Now, you love coffee, and we're going to get into that as well, right? You love coffee, and then you found Mm -hmm. out that you needed to make images to go along with your coffee experiences. Boom, coffee photographer. But then you look at people who love fish or flowers or food, and then they say, oh, this experience that I'm having with these fish or with these flowers, with this food. I need people to believe me. I need to document this. So let me pick up a camera. Then they start to create something that is unique to their experiences, right? And Mm -hmm. that's what I think is so interesting about what you do and how you do it, you know? So at what point did you discover photography? And, And like, when did you pick up a camera and say like, oh, I think this is what's been missing and- I think I can actually do this. I can pull this off.
0: Well, it started, well, the coffee photographer started 10 years ago last summer. So this summer will be 11 years. When I say started, that's when like, yeah, I'm a decade old now. Um, I know it's crazy. I would, I mean, that's when the site launched. Mm -hmm. But I was probably working on the idea for maybe a year or two before that. And I was living in New York. So I became bi-coastal. So I moved from LA, went to New York and, um, I was exposed to coffee in college at UCLA. And it was kind of crazy because I was working on a short story for that creative writing concentration. And I was up late and I, I needed to stay awake and I knew my dad had coffee. I never had coffee before. And, um, he was like, well, you can make some of my Folgers, you know, and for the life of me, I don't even know what I was doing. I like had grinds all in the cup and everything like that. <laughs> but, um, I made it, it was disgusting, but I drank it. Cause I was like, this is going to keep me up and I need to do an all nighter. Mm-hmm. So I, I finished the piece, um, got an A on it. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, the next day when I was in, on campus, on with campus. I went to like the, the coffee shop near, um, it was a coffee shop near Murphy hall and I tasted the coffee and it was just kind of like, okay. And I didn't even know that my palate was developed in the sense of like, I, I knew what was good. and wasn't. Mm. And that took me like on a quick trip to like Starbucks coffee bean. And then I started going to like independent coffee shops on sunset Boulevard and Santa Monica to like try different coffee, you know, by the time I moved to New York, maybe like a year or so after that, there were just so many coffee shops. So it was like the world was at like my fingertips of coffee, you know? And so I was like probably in New York for maybe like a good year or two, going to coffee shops, finding coffee, drinking coffee, making friends. And then somewhere in there, I found out that coffee was from Ethiopia. And it just like blew my mind. Like I went through school, went through college. And I did not know this, like, wait, this is ours, like Mm. from the motherland. Like, how did I not know this? You know, like for real, like coffee is from Ethiopia. Like I just was like flabbergasted. And so I remember coming home for the winter to LA and some of my friends, we went to Intelligentsia because at this point I'm a researcher too. So I'm like, where should I go for coffee? What are the coolest spots to go for coffee? What looks good? What do I want to taste? Like, what can I explore? So I was on like this mission, you know? And I remember being at IntelliNinus and there was a guy sitting like adjacent to us and he had like this carafe of coffee. He was like a pour over. I didn't know what you called it at that time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, just really handsome, right? Like he was just like in repose. He was having his coffee. Hmm. He was reading the paper. It was like a whole lifestyle moment. And people are just coming in and out of Intelli. And Intelligentsia is like one of the more popular now independent coffee shops that have grown and they're in New York, LA, Chicago. And their space which is super beautiful. Like you just didn't see independent shops that look like that ever. So it was definitely part of this third wave of like going to coffee shops and being inside of them and asking about the beans and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, I just want to take a photo of him. Like, it would be so cool to document him sitting there with his coffee. And I think at that time I had like a point and shoot or something. And I asked him, he was like, sure, you know, and he wanted to know what for. And I was like, I run a Tumblr and I document people who drink coffee and I tell their stories. That's how it started. And so my camera was just not up to standard of what I needed, you Mm -hmm. know, like I need like a real camera. And so a friend of mine in New York, he was really into like electronics and Apple and all that kind of stuff. And he started showing me some of his cameras and I was like, oh, this is what I need. And so my first camera I got was like a Nikon, uh, I think it was like a Nikon, not D3, 95 or something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And
1: that's how I started. That's what I started
0: shooting
1: on with the fifty millimeter lens. Nice. Yeah. I I loved. I, see, I love stories like this. <laughs> and you know, the I had a feel. It had to be on Tumblr. This and and the type of work that you do is perfect for Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like I wish Tumblr was still around. Like Yo, I, I wish right? Tumblr was still relevant because Instagram ain't ain't, ain't hitting no more, man. Like. You know, you, I think you lose out on, on a lot of people's images and stories and experiences. Like, when Tumblr was around, like, you can't experience a lot more of, of what somebody wanted you to experience, you know? Um,
2: yeah. But,
1: you know, the best camera is the one you have with you. And the one you have with you at least set off the fact that, oh, okay, this is something that is missing. This is a missing element to what I want to say, right. you know? So that's great. Um,
0: and so many people told me that right? Because even the camera that I got it was a baby camera and it was small and I would see other people carrying these other cameras I didn't know that much about them but they were like the best one is the one you have even if it's your phone yep. so you need to work with what you have and then when you exhaust that yep. and feel like oh you just absolutely cannot do what you feel you want to do with this mm-hmm. because you know what, you, what image you, you want to make then you go to the next thing Yeah, you,
1: you want more options
0: that's mm-hmm. what
1: having a, a SLR or like a mirrorless camera does is gives you more options, gives you more control over the image that you want to make. Point and mm-hmm. shoot, you know, you have some options, but it's really limited in how creative mm-hmm. you can be, right?
2: hmm
1: So uh, what came first for you? Like, well, I think you already answered that, right? Like your, lo- your love of coffee or your love of photography or the arts? Which? Oh,
0: I think I've always been a lover of the arts, like from, from a kid. I've always loved like theater and plays and I'm an avid book reader and we took a lot of road trips every summer. So I think I've always been a visual person. I just think that it wasn't until I got older, like when I was in college or probably right after that, that I started thinking about the visual arts as a way to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, I think moving to i knew that i wanted to move to new york after visiting there for a couple times because it was just a different city it was in from the the west coast and i think new york really um brought out a lot in me because it's like my adulthood this is where i'm Mm. like out of college and i'm on my own none of my family was there i didn't have any friends i moved there knowing one person so it was just like i had this whole city to explore and i wasn't afraid and I could go anywhere and do anything because I was on the train a lot looking and hearing and writing. And I would just soak up culture in me and everywhere. And I'm a people person and I'm drawn to people. So it was like no problem for me to talk to people. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that discovering coffee and being a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Going to a lot of coffee shops and not seeing people of color, right? And not realizing how much I didn't realizing how much I didn't know about coffee. I wanted to document my experience, and so the coffee photographer was born. Because at first it was called Smittler, so it was an acronym for small, medium, and large, <laughs> and coffee photography. Yeah, because I was like, how do I honor coffee cup sizes? Mm. And at the same time, honor specialty coffee because I would go into a lot of these coffee shops, and it wasn't a small, medium, large like a Starbucks or a coffee bean. It was like, well, what kind of drink mm. do you want? And I was like, oh, well, and just that's give the me a medium, the size. Dish. exactly. Mm. And and specialty coffee drinks are determined by ounces, you know. So you have a four ounce, a six ounce, a eight ounce, a twelve ounce. You could have like just a shot of espresso. So it wasn't about a small, medium, and large, but I was like, this is my ode to that. And I was working at Business Week at the time, a, corp- a very, very corporate job. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something to free me of that or give me this other thing to do. And I'm like, I want to document, like going to coffee shops and talking to people. And I want to look at coffee as a culture, mm-hmm. right? Because it wasn't just the coffee. It was like, what was happening in music? Like musicians were using coffee in their lyrics or... I would see coffee in film sets or in movies, or I would see like, oh, this really important moment in this story is happening. And the writer is saying that she's holding a cup of coffee. Like, why is this cup of coffee the center of this set? You know, or you're watching a musical and it's at a cafe. It's like, well, why is the scene at a cafe? Why couldn't it be at a bookstore? So it was like, I just felt that coffee was bigger than the drink. Mm. And I wanted to highlight, like, look, whether you like coffee or not, because some people that I found out who follows me because Mm. of the Tumblr or coffee photographer or whatever, didn't even like coffee. They just like the culture. They like going to the coffee shop or hanging out or getting a tea or whatever. I'm like, I want to make something that appeals to everybody, but it's going to be rooted in me. Because as I was asking people to go on this journey with me, I was on the journey. I was discovering, I was learning, I was meeting people. Then it became about like, oh, when I travel now, I need to go to coffee countries. Mm. I need to go to coffee shops in other countries. Like, how do they do it? What are they drinking? What do those people look like? How are they chilling? What is their carafe like? So it just became like this huge rabbit hole. And so my dad was like, well, what are you going to call it? And I was just like, I don't know, like, you know, coffee, photography, you know. And now we're all in the thing of like a portmanteau, right? Putting two words together Mm -hmm. to name stuff. And this was like 11 years ago. He was like, why don't you call it coffee photography?"
2: And I was like...
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny, as you're telling this story (laughs) and you're saying that your your dad was like, what are you going to name it? I was like... Mm -hmm. Yo, did he, did did your father help you come up with the name? Because that's such he a da- that's such a dad thing to do. Like I, I have a seven year old, and oh. all day I just make I blend words together, and it's Word. such a it's such a dad jokey thing to do. And as is you tell, it? I'm like, yeah, it is, it is. It's really bad. Oh, um, it's
2: so beautiful.
1: <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but we enjoy the bad jokes. Like they we enjoy it. It's something that. <laughs> Now he's saying dad jokes, and he's seven. I was like, oh man, I hope you're not. I hope you don't grow up to be like, like a geek, you know, out there. Like I hope I'm not. I'm not making turning you into a geek. But you have to learn how to laugh at yourself. Don't don't say these bad jokes and think that they're really funny. You have to (laughs) say them and know, like, really be confident that they're bad jokes, and then then you can move on, and nobody's gonna think you're you're corny, you know. But um, that's interesting. Um, that's and that's that's great that um you you know you married them two together so it's a very memorable word you know
0: yeah well what's so crazy is that um my dad was like i mean i'm also about words too and i was like no dad it has to be smidler because i like came up with the acronym on a piece of like napkin on my lunch break, at work, at my desk, right? So I was just really emotionally connected to it Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is going to be my thing. Mm -hmm. I'll get on Twitter and I'll blog about it. And so he was like, well, you can call yourself something like coffee-tography or fur or something. I was like, the coffee-tographer. Like, that's what the site will be. Mm -hmm. It'll be the coffee-tographer. And I was like, that is it, dad. I was like, (laughs) that is it. And so I didn't want to like, Called the website necessarily the photographer at the point, but I went and got the domain names. And as I started photographing people, they were like, What's your blog? And I was like, Oh, I'm just on Tumblr right now. And my Tumblr was like tumblr.smidler. And then this man that I used to see running in the park, his name is Ernest, he was super, super cool. And I was getting ready to like, I think maybe it was like a year or so in or something like that. And he was like, So how's it going? And I was like, It's going cool, but I think like, people don't get my name. Mm. And he was like, well, what are your options? And I was like, well, I could just like coffee photography. is like the type of photography, right? Cause I'm photographing. People always thought coffee and I wasn't photographing coffee at first. I was photographing the people in the context of coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. So people always say, so you photograph coffee. I was like, no, I really photograph people in mm-hmm. the shop. I also photograph the shop. And so he was like, well, what else you got? And I was like, the coffee photographer, he was like, "That's boom. it, like,
2: boom. That's
0: it." He was like, "It doesn't get any better than that." So I go back home and I tell my dad I was running the park with my friend. And he was like, "I told you this two years ago," and I was like, <laughs> "I know, I know," but I wasn't ready yet, you know. And as soon as I changed the name to the coffee photographer, I think myself just like, this took off, you know. It was like you couldn't, even if you didn't know my reason. For like my why or like that was interested in people, not just coffee or that I, I didn't involve into like shooting me still lifes of like coffee, ceramics and tile or whatever. You knew coffee, photography. And it was like most people don't get that often, Like they don't get a word that just becomes their work. And so I'm really grateful. Like now it's a coffee photographer and coffee photography is what I call it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it works. I, I, I feel did, like I right? know exactly what I'm clicking on. <laughs> well, I, I think I know exactly what I'm clicking on, but then I'm pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised that it's a little bit more in depth, right? Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, right, when you... Coffee is one of those words that most people enjoy coffee, right? Mm-hmm. There's a few mm-hmm. people out there who don't, and I don't know what they do with their lives, right? <laughs> but... But for the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us, <laughs> normal people, right? Um we hear the word coffee and like our ears perk up, right?
2: Yeah, and it's,
1: it is a conversation starter. Um, you know, and so and then uh, if you have if you know people who are into photography, when they hear photography, the word po- or photographer pop up, there ears, the is ears perk up as well, right? So what what you're doing is you're getting the people who are interested in coffee to go mm-hmm. to pay attention and then the people who are interested in photography to pay attention. And if you're interested in both, boom, boom, you got them. You know what I mean? Hook, line, sinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what is really, you know, interesting about your work. And like I said, you get to your your work and it's, you're pleasantly surprised because although I, I was going to see coffee or f- photos of coffee, I instantly get the sense that you are Documenting the culture around it,
0: of course, of course, and, of course, and that's
1: what's and that's really cool because you see, there's an essence of travel, your element of travel in here. Like, see, I see you like are in you're in Paris, you're in New York, yeah. you're in LA, and other places, a lot of other places. You know, I see you in um, some parts of Asia as well.
2: Yeah, and
1: to me, I think that's that's really interesting because now it's like.
2: <laughs> oh, this person
1: is also a travel, like they enjoy travel. I don't want to say you're just a travel photographer, but I feel like, oh, at some point, this person, you t- decided to start going on these journeys to experience mm-hmm. the different aspects exactly. of coffee. And I see yeah. that just by clicking on and seeing, and scrolling through a little bit. I'm like, oh, this person is really about this coffee life.
0: It's so true. And you hit it on the head because... Were you finished? I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, no, I'm yeah.
1: Finished. Yeah, I'm finished.
0: Oh. It's so true because it's it's always like you when you hear, I love hearing like people's origin stories, whether they're like in film, a lot of times in film mm-hmm. or just in the arts, because like sometimes they kind of stumbled upon something or it was always there, but then they started being intentional about it and then they explored it. Like when I started The Coffee photographer, I wasn't even on Instagram, right? Because I wanted to have a magazine and I wanted to publish a print and all this stuff. And my dad was just like, just start. Yes. Just start. And that's why I got on Tumblr, you know? And it took a while to transition from Tumblr to actual website. But my thing was like, I knew that coffee was the world. And I had to like, see that for myself. I had traveled some before the coffee photographer. But now it was like, I had this extra reason, right? Like I had this, authority, almost like I'm documenting something. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer. Like I'm here to find out something. And it just happened to be this thing that I could also drink yes. and sit with people and talk with them. Right. And then as you start to learn and study, you start to hear about certain shops that are famous and you want to know, are they as good as their lore says there's like shops. Like when I went to Vietnam, I have been wanting to go for years and I went right before the pandemic And I knew that I wanted to get to like this old, this really old coffee shop run by a woman and her sister who had died. Mm -hmm. And it was like, at that point, you don't even think the coffee is bad. You're just like, I'm drinking history right now. Mm. And so for me, it was about, after a while, it was like having all of these experiences empowered my writing. Mm -hmm. But it also helped me to look at home, like LA and New York in a different sense, because it was like, You know, no one can tell me anything. And coffee, especially coffee, for a long time has been dominated by people who aren't of color. And not that I felt necessarily intimidated, but at times there are are forces within the culture, within the industry of coffee, that can make you feel like, you know, you're not validated if you haven't been working at a coffee shop for seven years. Mm. Or if, you know, you haven't been in a barista competition. And so... (laughs) Having wow. a web scene, was, yeah, having a web scene was really important to me I was like, you know, I know that I'm a writer. I know where I went to college. I know that I'm spending my own money buying these coffees, right? Now I'm buying plane tickets and I'm mm-hmm. fusing my work with this and I'm investing all of my money into this. Like, You can't tell me nothing. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that people who were baristas had never been to like Colombia, like one of the biggest origin yeah. countries out there or any origin country that you know makes coffee i was like yo we wanna like we level to level right because i can tell you things from experience now Mm -hmm. they're not textbook and so that was like a huge thing for me so like berlin colombia like going to like where they study like species of coffee like wow you just like no one can take that knowledge away from you and been a woman Like a lot of bloggers that were around when I started, like a couple of the women bloggers, they just don't blog anymore. They may post to Instagram or whatever, but like they're not documenting. Mm -hmm. And so with the pandemic, I've had to kind of think about like, what does that look like now? Mm -hmm. But it's just so important because I think people see that I not only do the work, but I'm living the work because it's still my journey, right? Like my journey hasn't stopped.
1: What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So, on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Anthony Bourdain. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if if you don't like, I mean, I don't like. Yo, he was just so genuine and and um and and uh generous in and everything uh-huh. he shared and how he traveled and and yeah. how he how he um experienced the place and the people and the culture, and you know later for what the you know the bougie baristas have to say about what you're doing like you're living through experience and i think when you live through experience and you share your experiences it's not a right or wrong it's like this is this is what it is you know it's not like you're sipping the coffee i mean you may do this right but you know for these folks who like turn their nose up it's not like you say oh this bean is rooted in and has notes of plum and that it's you're not you know it's not that you're like i love coffee
0: Oh, I definitely, like, I'm all that, right? The thing is, is like, like you just said, there is so much subjectivity. So like, say you're new to coffee and you don't really know about like what your palate likes or how to identify flavor notes or whatever. It's over your head. It's like Mm -hmm. if you do anything with wine or whatever. But I think there just was a moment where I thought because I didn't have that specific training, Uh like I wasn't qualified, you know? But even now when I taste coffee or when I write about coffee, like, in the, even the last five years, people will say like, oh, can you, you know, we want to commission you to do this or we want to have you write this. And it's like, I'm going to write what I feel. And yeah. most of my writing about coffee is about memories. It's where the coffee takes me when I'm drinking it, right? It could be to the playground. It could be to that amusement park. But I have the knowledge as well to say like, I know what the notes say and I can agree or not, or I taste persimmon, and I smell orange on the grind, Mm -hmm. and I smell chocolate on the first pour. Like, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with someone saying like, oh, I don't get that. That's cool. Because maybe your palate has been smoking all your life, Mm -hmm. and you taste something different, and mine hasn't. But I do also believe that when you start talking about like certain origins, we know that certain types of coffee comes from certain types of regions of the world. Like they may produce more chocolatey coffee beans or more fruity coffee beans or more acidic. Like, but for every rule, there's always someone that breaks it. Right. But predominantly you're going to get this from this region because of elevation, because of temperature, because of climate, because of soil, and all these factors, but it doesn't mean that you're the gatekeeper.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like
1: absolutely, absolutely. And then, and, and, <laughs> and, and I think we have to rephrase who who decides to be a gatekeeper or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and historically, Black folks have been on the opposite side of the gate trying to get in in almost mm-hmm. every industry, and we still are. Right. So, you know, do it your own way. I think that's what's really most important. And for folks out there listening, I know I might be like, yo, what the hell does all of this have to do with photography? (laughs) Right. Um, I think it's very important. And I think that hearing hearing, uh, Shamel's story is like it's important to 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 understand why you choose to do a certain type of photography, why it's important to you, why it matters to you. And that'll help you to document it as best as possible, you know. So hearing mm-hmm. her story right now, for me, I'm super motivated because she's showing she's sharing with us all the different, you know, reasons why this lifestyle is important to her. You know, um, when I look at your work, is definitely a combination of as uh, food. I can see I can see a lot of your interest. In, mm-hmm. in in the work that you post, right? It looks like you're interested in food, you're interested in travel, you're even interested in fashion. Um, you mm-hmm. have a bit of street photography in there and you have portrait photography. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, it feels like this is a journal of, like, all your experiences, you know? But um, how would you describe, like, your collective body of work? What do you want people to take away from it?
0: Um, I think you're right. I think when you look at Instagram primarily because it is a visual platform, it is like just a journal of my experiences. And when you look at my web scene, my web scene is more of like I'm cartographizing the people that I meet, the coffees that I drink and the culture, like literally culture, like there'll be like, I'll take an image that I shot of a coffee shop or an image of a coffee And I'll pair that visual with like, okay, this is what's happening in current coffee culture, like seven current things, like so-and-so got nominated for an Oscar and the scene that they submitted to the Academy Award has like a coffee table in it and they're drinking coffee. Mm. Or I'll talk about the fact that, you know, um, Street Jeans launched an NFT and he has a street cafe, like why that's important, you know? So, when I first started, it was like just photographing people. But then in New York, I kind of got in with other friends who were photographers who were out on the street. And I remember being at a blue bottle near um, fashion week and um, I love clothes and fashion and people and all that kind of stuff. And one of the reasons was like, Oh, you should come and hang out here. Like at milk and just like photograph. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I should. She's like, I think you'll get some really good photos. Because the photos I would normally get would just be everyday people and they're great. But then you add like a fashion week. Oh man, it's like, it just amplifies your visual, right? And so I started shooting at fashion week and I would come out and I would do street style, but from coffee shops next to fashion shows. That's dope. that's how I started meeting other photographers and that's how people started photographing me and asking me like who are you who do you work for I was like oh I'm just out here Mm -hmm. and they're just like 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 on your own I'm like yeah and then I learned that this is what photographers did in New York like they would come out on the street they would shoot and you know I I started studying photographers too I always like had like you know Walker Evans and people like that but um I started networking with people just by being out and getting a coffee and they would say like, well, who are you? Like, what's your site? Or what do you do? I'm like, I'm a photographer. I'm like, what? Oh, that's dope. And that just ballooned a whole other area. And so I started to realize pretty quickly, like I didn't, I, I wasn't making images. I was just taking photos. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't beating myself up or anything, but like, I hardly ever got to no. know. Like no one hardly ever told me no. So I felt like I, I was doing something right. Right. Like, I was choosing people that would allow me to document them and photograph them. And I was having all these conversations. And so it just became this hodgepodge of like, whatever I'm doing, that's went on to Instagram. Right. But I was, I was always trying to send people to my website to let them know like, yo, if this thing doesn't, isn't here anymore, like I got a whole website, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's not just this app. And it took me a while to get on Instagram because I just was like, what do I need that for? Like, I have a website Mm -hmm. because I was a writer, you know? And so when I went to my first international fashion week in Paris, everything changed for me as a photographer because I always wanted to shoot on the street in Paris. And when I finally did, like so many things clicked for me about like making an image, like making a portrait of a person and I would see these faces like in crowds on the streets after shows before the shows. And they were just, they just became so interesting to me and they turned into like me photographing them and then pairing them with a coffee shop nearby. Cause I would like, wait at a coffee shop, then go to the show or be after the show and shoot and asking them about their ritual. If they drank coffee, if they drank tea, like how did they like it? You know, um asking editors what they drank and how did they like it. And so fashion just naturally became a part of the brand. And the more I traveled, it was like, oh, I need to photograph these coffee shops because I've always wanted to go here. And then it became like, oh snap, I want to photograph the coffee at these coffee shops in this country because I want people to see like the art and what they look like and the tile. And so Then it became more of like, something's like, oh, it's more like a fine art thing because it's like, I want to frame your your coffee-tography. So it's been a lot of different things because I've been a lot of different things that just had a lot of interest. And so that's, I think, the challenging part is like when you find something and then you bring all the things that you're interested into it. And sometimes people want you to focus on this one thing. And it's kind of hard because I wasn't doing it to create like, a photography portfolio or to get jobs or to work on the set. I was just documenting my life mm. through coffee. I mean, the but co- it turned into all these other cool things too. So
1: <laughs> but still revolve around coffee.
0: Oh, totally. Like, I mean, I got to write for like business week and, I got to write for The Guardian, like do a couple of opinion pieces about coffee and culture. I got to like get published in um, the Washington Post for my trip to Columbia, Mm. you know, and like how far I went and what I saw and found there. And, And those images were all like, just like docu images, you know? And that showed me like, oh, this is like really powerful. Like I'm no longer just photographing who I'm talking to or who I see. Like, I really am giving a culture a visual, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not the coffee shop's perspective or it's not the producer's perspective, the one who, like, makes the coffee or brings the coffee from that country over here. It's, like, me, this creative who's from L.A., who moved to Inglewood, who moved to New York. Like, it's me. Like, I get to tell the stories, and so, that has really been like a highlight of this whole journey because now I see myself as a photographer, like and like I'm like I'm an image maker, like I make images. Like now I'm like I know I want it to look like this. Like I'm not just taking what's there. I'm like also making what's there, you know? Wow. Well, this
1: I mean, this is I mean this is I'm so inspired, so motivated hearing oh. this story. Like this, this is dope. <laughs> like you know, I I. I I have so much admiration for people who are able to be as genuinely honest with themselves and the path that they take and figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost sounds like you're the Zagat of coffee.
0: Yeah. I mean, people have called me so many things. Like like when I first went on the street, I knew about the sartorialists. I knew about all like the big people who photograph fashion. And they're like, "Oh, you're the sartorialist of like the coffee world," <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, I guess so." And then the sartorialist photographed me, which was like everything, like twice. And yeah. I was like on his blog, and I was like, "Oh my god, like this is amazing!" And then people called me um, the Anthony Bourdain of coffee, right? Because of I <laughs> hey, see, I brought, and I I brought was up, I brought up Anthony
1: Bourdain earlier. Uh
0: huh. Um, and I love that because it's not about like that I am them, but if like if you see me in that lane to me, that means that I'm doing something right. That means that I am bringing the mission that I had from the beginning, that coffee is a culture Mm -hmm. forward. Right. And so my biggest thing is like, Hey, you don't have to like coffee or even drink it. That's totally fine. But I want you to know like coffee is from Ethiopia And that it's a culture. And even though that Ethiopian culture of how they drink and serve and make coffee, there is different from American culture. That's okay. Because no matter where you go, there is a culture, a ritual for coffee. And everybody's allowed, right? So like, I've been to Berlin. I've been to India. I've been to Vietnam. I've been to Bangkok. I've been to Colombia, I've been to like, you know, um, where do we, Lisbon, right? And it's like, you go to these places and the thing that's universal is that we're human and that we all want a moment. We all want a moment to be together and, or be with ourselves, right? And then buy this thing that's gonna make us feel good and take us somewhere. And it's like, for that reason alone, like I am everyone, right? Like I can hold anyone's story. And I can share anyone's story because I created the platform for it. And that's what gives me the joy. Like, it's creative writing at its best, you know? It's being a creative at its best, it's being free at its best.
1: I mean, what's better than, like, seriously, what's better than traveling? Hold on a second. The family is, I don't know if they're bickering or what. Uh, my wife and son—they always, they always uh, get into these negotiations at interesting oh. times. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, what's like? What's better than for me? I know I love traveling, and I love you know getting that coffee in a, mm-hmm. in, a in a new place, a foreign place, and journaling. You know, yeah, like. Though, and, and even if I'm not able to do those three things, like, like traveling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if I'm able to start my day with, like, a, a cup of coffee the way that I like it, uh, yeah. some free, like, like an hour to, like, either read or write and drink the mm. coffee, experience, like, that to me is, like, a mini vacation. And I don't get that every day. Really? Yeah, and that's and so that's, that's a mini vacation
0: for me. Yeah. That's a mini vacation for you.
1: Yes. Wow. If I can start if I can create that space every day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then I'm starting my day off well. And if I'm able to have a collection of days like that, then that's starting to turn into like a really nice lifestyle that I'm creating for myself. You know what I mean? So I definitely understand like, you know, um what you're you're expressing about just like that human experience and being, being able to share that with people, you know, because I, I, I'm i with you with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, humans drink coffee. We do. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's there's it's such a spectrum, such a beautiful spectrum to be a coffee drinker or a coffee shop goer. Right. Because maybe you don't drink coffee, you don't do caffeine, but you do tea. Tea has caffeine in it or maybe you juice or a smoothie now or acai bowl or avocado toast or, you know, whatever the latest other thing is in coffee culture. Um, but I think what's really interesting now, even with the pandemic, it's like, I didn't go to coffee shops for like over a year because, you know, I was just inside. I wasn't, you know, going out really at all. And I bought a lot of coffee online, like from subscriptions, from roasters from around the world. And I really grew as a coffee maker because I was always drinking coffee in other places. I wasn't really making coffee. And even some of the more prized coffees like geishas or, you know, natural process coffees or special lot coffees, I would never think about making at home because I felt felt like, you know, I'll leave it to the baristas. Like I don't want to mess up my coffee that I'm spending 60 bucks for, you know, (laughs) you know, to, uh, you know, four ounces of coffee or whatever. I'll just go and pay for it at the shop. Mm -hmm. But I've like perfected making coffee for myself. Mm -hmm. And that is like, it's like, why wasn't I doing this before? Because I was traveling and I was moving. I was doing all these things. I was, I was consumed with other people making my coffee and it was my pleasure. Right. It was like my thing to like go. somewhere, like you said, sit down, hear the music journal, be with myself. And so, now that I started going back out a little bit to coffee shops, I'm like, how do I document them now? Mm-hmm. Who do I photograph now? Um, and as you've seen, like my Instagram has not been updated since my last post from India, so it's been over a year and a half, and it's it's intentional for a few reasons, but I feel like becoming a better coffee maker has taught me a lot about rituals for people who drink coffee, for people who need to go to the neighborhood shop and talk to a barista and like what that space means to them. And it kind of brought me back to why I started. And I was like, you know, I just have to figure out the next visual iteration of photographing people in public, but documenting the culture still stands. Like that's my job now. And so I've been pivoting ways to like, kind of get back to like my roots of like, just photograph the spaces because now I feel like I'm a photographer. I can photograph, you know, a structure. I can photograph my coffee. Like I'm equipped now. Like I'm not just starting out. And so I had to like kind of have that talk with myself last summer when the site turned 10 and I was like, okay, so now what? And I was like, what do you mean now what? It's just keep doing what you've been doing and if there's something that needs to be expressed or changed or you need to evolve, you'll do it. But for now, like you can't, you can't stop now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: I think You, so, you and you, mm-hmm. you can also add, you know how to photograph people <laughs> because yeah, the structure is important, like the the location, the coffee is important. But you also photograph people very well. You know, thank you. Like the. There's an intimacy, like is, there's an intimacy in the portraits that you photograph of people, and yeah. for many photographers, sometimes traveling and getting a portrait of somebody that you don't know in a in a foreign place you're not familiar with, for some photographers that is frightening, and others, mm. and some are really intimidated by that, some are downright mm-hmm. scared, some just avoid it. Right. And some dive into it and they're able to, you know, not be afraid to ask somebody, you know, to, to, to make a photo of them and they get that genuine connection with them.
0: That's so know? true. Yeah. And, you know, what's so funny is that. i That's how I started. Remember, I was telling you, I was at Intelli Venice, and I saw this guy and I wanted to photograph him and it wasn't like it wasn't like if I knew how right? Or if you would say yes or no, it was just like, yo, I need to capture you. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been the thing that has stuck with me this whole time. Like my need, my desire to capture this person or moment overrides anything else. Mm-hmm. And so the more I grew and like went to different levels or countries or whatever, it was like, I was compelled. Like I was called, like I was like, I got to do this. And then being a writer and a people person, it's like, there's something, there is something about my energy that I know is like one of my superpowers. Like it's been this way since I was a kid. And so I have no qualms at all. Being with people around them, talking to them, my energy like precedes me. And so I realized that being a photographer really works with that gift. Because it allows me to be with people for like 30 seconds, a second, I mean, a minute and get exactly what I need mm-hmm. and won't we'll make me never see each other again. But in that moment, right? Like, and I'm doing that portrait with my nifty 50 or my 85. And I'm like right here. And I'm just waiting, right? To click that shutter. And it's like, boom, I got it. And that's it. I don't overshoot. I don't overclick. Like once I know I got it, that's it, mm. and I've seen so many photographers. They'll like shoot like a hundred clicks, and I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> how many clicks, mm-hmm. you know? But do you? But it's like, I'm a, I'm, I've become intentional because I want to respect people's space and privacy. But I'm, I'm, I also know like I want a feeling. Once I get it, I, I got it. Yeah, I don't need anything else.
1: Amazing, amazing. If if uh, a young person. Saw your work, was inspired by it, and they approached you and they said, Shamel, how she do I do what you do? What would your response be?
0: My response would be figure out what you love. Just figure out what you love, right? And people say this all the time, do what you love and, and you'll figure out the rest. It's so true because... When you figure out what you love, what you're drawn to, what you're interested in, it's not that it's not a job or it won't become a job because you'll work the hardest you've ever worked in your life. Like, and I say that because when you love something, you have to nurture it, right? You have to water it and you have to give it attention and you have to figure things out. And that's okay. That's the work that you want to do. So figure out what you love or have a strong passion for and just go down the rabbit hole because you might start in one place and end up somewhere totally different, but it's the journey along the way that is the ride you're looking for. It's who you become as you're being your passion, as you're doing your passion, you know, um, that would be my advice.
1: Yeah. The journey
0: to your dad,
1: Listen to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> for real, parents have wisdom, and sometimes you're just like, eh, I heard your wisdom mm-hmm. for all my life, right? Like, eh. and sometimes that outside person tells you the same exact thing your parents tell you, and you're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, right? that's living, right?
0: That's yeah. just, you know, experience.
1: Indeed, indeed. But it also has to feel right within that's you. That's true. You know? Um, that's true. And that's the thing. It's like, this is... um. There's this quote that says, um, Be wary of um, fools and wise people because. Wait, wait. Be wary. You know what? I don't know it. I don't know the quote, so I'm not going to jack it up. Uh, but you have to send it to me. You
0: have to yeah, send it
1: to I, me. I will. Oh, no. Be wary of advice because fools won't heed it and wise people don't need it.
0: Oh. Oh, be wary of advice because fools won't heed it, it and, and wise people, don't, people won't need don't it. don't
1: need it exactly
0: don't need it. Oh, I like that. I'm a bit cold person too. I like that. I think wow, I that's think awesome. tra-
1: travelers are quote yeah. quote junkies, <laughs> right? That's
0: awesome. Because you yeah. go to oh, different yeah, totally. cultures,
1: like things translate and things translate differently in different places. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So, I have a, I have a, 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 a selfish question. Uh, yes. Favorite coffee shop in New York?
2: Ooh.
0: Favorite coffee shop in New York? What's still open? I haven't been to New York literally since the pandemic started. Mm. Um, okay. So, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say this coffee shop for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, the interior design is just insane. Two, um, when I walk into the space, I feel like it's like the ultimate dream. Like I am whisked away into another world. And I feel like they do classic coffees really well, but they also like have such a superior approach to making coffee really beautiful and doing things with ingredients. So I'm going to say Felix Coffee Company, roasting company. They're uptown, like a little past midtown, I think like 38th or something um, on the west side. You say Fe- Felix or Phoenix?
1: Felix. Felix. Felix, Felix.
0: Okay. Felix Coffee Roasting.
1: I'm typing like it F- in right Phoenix. now.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. It's going to be Felix Roasting Co. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they... I think they opened up a second one in Colorado. But I remember... Uh, not too far after it opened, I had visited once or twice and I'm a big Wes Anderson fan and it felt like very much Wes Anderson vibes. Mm-hmm. And I knew... Like, I like coffee shops for reasons. Like, I like this coffee shop because it's a hole in the wall. Or I like this coffee shop because I want to bring my friends here for a coffee date. I like this coffee shop because they have a really good carton. So it used to be really hard for me to say, like, I have a favorite coffee shop, right? Or whatever, because I felt like I was going to hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. That's how attached I was. But then I was like, wait a minute. It's okay to love a place for what it is, right? And so I would have friends come to New York. Or be in New York and like, oh, let's have a coffee date. And I would want to take them to Felix. And it kept happening. And I was like, okay, this is like that spot, right? Like it's a spot where you can be proud of. It's a spot where you look like you're not trying to be an influencer, right? It's not about that. But like you look like you appreciate everything contextually about coffee. And
1: so, yeah, yo, no, this, that will be, this place is, be it. This
0: place is beautiful, <laughs> y'all. Yo,
1: <Rich. laughs> this place is beautiful. And, right? And listen. You got to go. Yo, I'm about to set up a coffee date now.
0: Bro, take and yourself. And I'm about to be like, yo,
1: look at this place, y'all. Like, I'm I'm about to flex on them heavy. This place is yeah. dope. <laughs> it is so
0: beautiful. Like, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah, I am like, like. Oh, my God. I, I like, the wallpaper, the counter.
1: Yeah, the color. The, 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 the color,
0: service. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just... Even the bathroom. <laughs> like, there's a special place downstairs where they have, like, cuppings and events and stuff. And I went once for, like, this, like, VIP tasting they had. Oh, my God. They did things with coffee that you see in competitions. Wow. That you want to see in coffee shops. And it was just, like... I was so emotional afterwards because I was, like coffee is really growing up, you know, like coffee is like really been explored by people who are chefs and sommeliers and they're bringing all of these things to it. And it's just, it just makes me so happy. Right. Cause it's like, it just means that more people get to experience it. Like if you're really into wine, you could find a coffee that's kind of like that. If you're really into beer, you could find a coffee that's like that. If you're into like pairings and like events and you want like, you know, a, a mousse and something else. Like, we got you. Like, that's <laughs> what I love about coffee right now. Yeah. That coffee is becoming those things that I knew it could be. And people are just trying so many different things too, which is awesome.
1: That's dope, man. There's, there's so much complexity to mm-hmm. coffee, which lends itself to like a very rich culture that you're documenting. And, you, you know, I think people appreciate folks who do deep dive documenting on a specific topic because you're doing the research, you're doing all the legwork that we don't have time to do or don't necessarily want to do, but you're just sort of like gathering it all together in like one space and saying, here, you package it with a ball and say, here, this is my experience. You may get something similar, but I leave it to you to make it make your experience your own, but you're doing all that work for us. You know, and I think people really appreciate folks who do that. You're adding value for people who love coffee. thank
0: you. You're adding Mm -hmm. value
1: to their life. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm really glad.
1: So right now, the U.S. is starting to lift the mandates slowly, the vaccine mandates and, you know, businesses are starting to open up and people are starting to get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh-huh. How do you see coffee photographer re-emerging in these next, you know, coming weeks and months as, as the U.S. starts to open up again?
0: That's such a great question, and I'm glad that you asked because I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, I think it's already started for me slowly by just, like, going back to coffee shops. Like, I'm probably the, like, the last plane I took was to Portugal, well, to Paris for work. And then I went to Lisbon. And then the day I landed in LA was the day the shutdown started. So I have not been on a plane or traveled since like March 18th, 2021 or whatever it was. So I think for me, a big part of it is traveling again. I really miss it. And it's a big part of my work and a big part of my process now. And so I would love to go to like two origin countries this year um, that could be really ambitious, but maybe by keep it kind of close to home. Um, I can do it. And, you know, I would love to go there for a couple of weeks and like just kind of stay and mesmerize myself and immerse myself in the culture. And then I think, um, you know, we're we're a world of visuals and video is a big thing right now. And TikTok is a big thing right now and short form content. And so I've been just exploring, like shooting, like just like 30 second videos of like, mm-hmm coffee counter spaces and people making my coffee just to document what that looks like now. Um, I feel like, and this is no shade to Instagram per se, but one of the reasons why I stopped posting to the grid was because I just kind of felt like images weren't being cared for by Instagram. And there was like this big case where uh, a photographer was being sued because she was, she was suing some people because of the use of her images and Instagram's policies were such that because they were public, you know, they were fair use. And that really like struck an emotional core with me. I know some things have changed, but I was like, if people really want to connect with my work, they can see what I've done here, but they can go to my website. Mm-hmm. They can go to my webzine. They can see it there. And I kind of wanted to like focus more on that. And, um, I just, I have this love hate relationship with like the platform. Like mm-hmm. I have other handles and I do other things that are visual, but um, for the coffee photographer, I think it's still important to document. And so I just been using stories um, for now to share like new things or whatever, or post link to like updated posts. But starting in the spring, I want to be a little bit more regular with like my posts to the web zine and showing these spaces like what they look like now you know just like photo documentation of coffee shops and more so people just outside of them around them not necessarily portraits per se I'm not giving up portraiture but it's left to be seeing like what that looks like in these times and you know how close I want to be to people I get really close sometimes <laughs> a lot of times um And I think to still be a voice for the culture to still write about coffee culture and other places that I think are important, Um, like mainstream places. I know like sometimes as people of color, black people, we wonder like, well, why does this paper get the power or why does this institution get the power? I think those are valid questions, you know, but also like if I'm a consumer of a magazine that I like to read, or a consumer of some kind of culture, I also know that I can contribute to that as well and that my voice matters. And so that's something that I've been working on behind the scenes too. Like, where do I want my voice to be moving forward? Who do I want to write about moving forward? Because those are audiences that aren't necessarily mine and I want to talk to them and I can talk to them with my writing. This is Sharmel Edwards, and you are tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast.
1: I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned in to this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.